What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hard Count. A little uh, Wednesday afternoon edition. All right? You know, changing, changing some things up. Uh, busy yesterday. CJ, we might just have to switch the show to Wednesdays if we're being honest with each other. But, uh, you know, it's hey. It's cool with me. Hey, it's fine with me. Listen, I'm, I'm easy to work around. I'm easy to work around. So, uh, yeah, but welcome back, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. CJ, how's my guy doing? Sir, I'm doing well. Uh, just got in not too long ago. Uh, it's relaxing, relaxing. Get ready. I, I text the reason why, honestly, it's at five today is because uh, I hit up Connie and I was like, Yo, these games start at like seven. And it's you know, first week of the NBA season, I, I gotta lock in. And uh, so next game is at seven, I, I gotta I gotta be fully invested. So, hey, listen, it's fine <laughs> with me. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, we uh put the time to. To five today, you know, we'll, we'll see if you know that 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 can be something that uh that, that can be the norm. Uh, obviously, that's something that Connie and I are gonna talk about soon. But yeah, my week was good. Um, you know, Patriots got a shocking win. I didn't, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't see that one coming. But uh, it's good vibes. How about you, man? You know, just chilling, vibing, doing my Sorry. thing, doing the you know, had a couple. Uh, the podcast with Chris yesterday. He had a couple of interviews and stuff like that. Recorded a full episode, went over the picks, everything of that nature. So just grinding that away. And uh, hey, now we're here. Now we are here. So uh, listen, everybody, let's not waste any more time. All right. Because we got to get into uh, week seven of the NFL. And uh, listen, there were some upsets, there were some things that we just didn't expect to happen. Uh, I mean, also for the betting people out there, because I saw I was watching the Pat McAfee show as I do per usual, and uh, they had they had a tweet up. I can't remember by who it was by, but there were, I believe, nine games where seventy percent of the money was on one team. Eight of them lost. Huh? Yeah, we, I know our team is one of those teams. So, so I mean, there <laughs> people people. The, the nobody knows what's going on right now. Like I said, eighty percent of the money was on nine different teams, and eight of those teams lost. And of course, the one team that did win uh, was the Seahawks. They covered their eight and a half spread uh, up against the uh, up against the Cardinals. But uh, all right, let's get let's get into everything. We got the uh, CJ. Are you pulling anything up, or am I just going down the? Uh, no, yeah, I got I got the link right now. Say less. Sure. I always knew that we were prepared. You know. Never work. What do we got? Jags and the Saints. Uh, <clears throat> we kicked it off Thursday night football. The Jags got that 31-24 victory over the Saints. Looked like it was going to be a blowout, uh, you know, going into the going into halftime especially. Uh, Saints, you know, came out in the second half, obviously made it a much more competitive game than what we thought it was going to be. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, turn it into something. Jags are on a little bit of a streak here. I believe that is three in a row now. They won the two games in London. Uh, they end up winning this game on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, hey, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. This is kind of the Jags that I expected. And, you know, they did this against a good uh, Saints defense. We t- we've talked about it a few times that we feel like the Saints are kind of an underrated team. Uh, well, maybe not team, but underrated defense, I should say. You know, we talk about the Ravens and you talk about Eagles and 49ers and stuff like that. I never really felt like the Saints 
uh, got their love, but they certainly are uh, on this show at least. And the Jags went out and did their thing against them. Now five and two on the season, obviously a top uh, of the uh, AFC South. Yes. Which I don't know why. Whenever I think South, it always just like NFC comes to my mind. I never think of the AFC um, for some unknown reason. But Trevor Lawrence played well in this game. Mar, uh, not Marvin Jones. Who am I? Um, the guy from the Cardinals that came over for uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Christian name. Kirk. Yeah. Christian Kirk. There we go. Christian Kirk with the unbelievable game. Now, did Calvin Ridley have an unbelievable game? No. Of course not, because uh, I started him in fantasy this week. CJ, one of the worst uh, fantasy performances I've ever had this week, by the way. Man. I put, uh, in my ESPN league, I believe I put up 61 and a half. I was, I was projected 130. <laughs> it, was just, it was just not – it was simply just not a fun time. Uh, but, you know, hey, you move on and you try to get better. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm – I think the only thing with this Jags team that has surprised me, and I'm not even saying it because I just went that little thing about fantasy, is Calvin Ridley. Like, I thought Calvin Ridley was going to go crazy this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, Kirk has, you know, proved himself uh, to be worth that contract. Everybody kind of clowned the Jaguars when they gave him that contract. Can't believe you do that. You know, he's not worth this, whatever, whatever. And he's certainly proved himself that he is worth that contract. I just thought that Calvin Ridley was going to come in. Obviously, we know he's an unbelievable route runner from his time in college, uh, even to the Falcons. He just an unbelievable route runner. I thought he was going to be, you know, big time in this offense, and it just kind of hasn't worked out that way yet. Uh, I, you know, listen, they're winning games. They're five and two, so you can't really complain. I just thought that you know they would be more effective uh, with him, and then with the Saints, you know, this is. I'm a little disappointed in them. Now, obviously, I still think that, you know, they can pull out the division because it's certainly nothing special. Uh, you know, we know that the Bucks aren't going to be anything good. We know that the Panthers are obviously awful, and uh, we don't expect the Falcons to do anything. So I still think the Saints have the best chance uh, to win that division. But, you know, home field, I was definitely expecting a little bit more. You know, you always hear about the crowd at the Dome and, and everything of that nature, and well, honestly, they didn't really have a chance to get into the game until late. And then, you know, when they did have that chance, they did get into it. But just, you know, more pedestrian stuff from Derek Carr, certainly nothing special. A, a lower end quarterback. Uh, you know, I thought that he was going to help not put that, not put the Saints over the top as far as a Super Bowl team, but just make them better than they were last year. Really has not happened clearly. And, um, uh, We'll see what, you know, they turn into going forward. I think they're still going to win this division. But Jags look good. Saints, eh. And uh, we go from there. This they, Well, they had this game. Uh, Foster Marneau, he, he dropped that pass wide that open. True. Uh, listen, I know, you know, he's gone through a lot in his life uh, in the offseason yeah. and everything. But you got to make that play. You got to make that play wide open in the end zone. So it's a gimme right in your hands. But like you said, it's a tough loss, but it's not to where it's that bad because the, the, the division isn't as competitive. So um, they can definitely make it back and, and try to get some wins and still win the division. Jacksonville's four in a row. Uh, I was There's watching, Doug, I was watching Doug, Doug Peterson's uh, 
post-game speech with the team. Four wins in, in 19 days. So, I mean, that, that, that's locked in. That's locked in. That's just finding a way every single week, two games in London, as we know, and then one game on the road. And then obviously this game was, was in New Orleans, hostile environment, as you talked about. So uh, they're battling. They're doing exactly what I expect and what a lot of people expect. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be the uh, premier team in this division. They have the, the best quarterback in this division. And the team is well-rounded. The defense has played solid really up until that like, late, late few minutes in this game. Um, uh, against the Saints, but the defense has been pretty good. I would like to see Ridley and and, uh, and T Law, you know, start to get it going. But there's still a lot of football left. You know, we got about 16 weeks left before things really get going. So uh, I think I think definitely as as the weeks go on, that the chemistry will start to come together. We saw a little bit of it early in the season, and it's kind of drifted off as you talked about, but. Uh, there, there's time, and there's also other weapons. I mean, you don't just have to go to Calvin Ridley. I know for you know fantasy reasons. Oh, of course, <laughs> fantasy reasons. You know the fantasy. That's my main gripe. Yeah, if you're, if you're a fantasy guy, I could see why you're upset. And then you drafted him ex- expecting a really good season, but just from their perspective, they got Kirk, uh, Ingram, ETN to catch the ball out the backfield. So I believe uh, it's what three weeks in a row for ETN with two plus touchdowns or something like that. Then, nature? And that's and that's and it's been a great formula. It's been a great formula, balanced football. Uh, just, just just don't want, even though he's a young quarterback and we think he's special, and he's going to be really good down the road and for years to come. You don't want to just put everything on his plate right now. You still want to have a balanced game, and he has a obviously great rapport with ETN during their time in Clemson. So um, it's, that's that's a that's a great backfield. Uh, I think I think they have another running back there. I'm blanking on his name. They've done uh, a really good job. Tank Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby, yeah. They've done a solid job. They've done a solid job collectively. And and it's just, just a good win. Good win on the road. And, I mean, there's some Doug Peterson. We won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Like, let's not forget how good of a coach this guy is. Like, this I is mean, I like to forget that Super Bowl, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we'd we like to forget that Super Bowl for selfish reasons. But he got it done and put up, what, 40 in that game. Yeah, I think 41. 41 in the game. Yeah, 41 in that game. So, this, this guy knows how to coach, um, and uh, this is a perfect scenario. And as soon as he got to the team, we talked about this after you know the debacle of who they hired previously. We knew that we felt like it was going to be a great fit, and uh, they're just living up to the bill. So, great win for Jacksonville and for the Saints. You know, it's a tough loss because of how it ended and how close it was, and how you know they really obviously could have tied it up and took it in the OT. But you still have to, you still can't completely be out of it. To where you you know you think you, the obviously season's not over. You're still three and four. You can get to five hundred and make things happen. Absolutely. All right, we move on to. Uh, I mean, perfection. This was. I mean, you tweeted it out on on the uh, hard count X over there. Make sure you go follow the hard, at the hard count underscore. Um, that was first of all just completely unexpected for me. Obviously, I think I picked the Lions in this game. Um, they were just listen. I think they had won four four games in a row or something of that nature. Maybe yeah, I think it was four games in a row they had won. Uh, they had just been playing unbelievable football. They hadn't allowed a one hundred yard rusher. The defense was playing well. Obviously, we knew that the offense was humming with with St. Brown and uh, Laporte has been good. We saw the block that that Reynolds gave. 
Uh, the run game was great with David Montgomery. Obviously, he was out in this one, and, and Gibbs stepped up. Played well, by the way. Um, but, I mean, this was just an absolute slaughter from the very start. I mean, the Ravens go down, score on the first drive. Uh, I believe the Lions started with three three and outs. I think at one point the the Ravens had like 20-something plays, and the Ravens had three. So, I mean, it was just that they had absolutely zero answers, absolutely zero answers on uh, on defense in this one. And listen, a lot of it is because of Lamar, obviously. You know, he was 21 of 27 in this game, 357 yards, three touchdowns. Gus Edwards, you know, 14 carries, 64 yards, a touchdown. Lamar had his nine carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown, so four total on the day for him. And Honestly, it's not even about the rushing stats that much. It's just about the fact of how he extends plays. I mean, that one touchdown, I think, I believe it was the first touchdown he threw to Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone. I honestly, I think it was on either the opening drive or the second drive. Um, looks like the Lions have him sacked. You know, there's three people around him and he escapes the pocket, about to throw it, makes somebody miss with a little move, then throws the ball into the back of the end zone for the touchdown. Aguilar. 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 Shocking. Yeah. yeah, I know. He actually caught something. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know, I'm watching shows today, and, you know, they're even talking about it. Like, you know, sometimes you go into the defensive meeting room, and you're like, what the hell were we doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, I was watching J.J. Watson on the, on the McAfee show. Where he was saying, I'm not going to lie. You go in the defensive meeting room on that when the coaches look at you and say, you know, that guy gets paid, too. Like, sometimes you do things right, and the other person just makes a play. Like, that is just a situation where they make the play. Um, And I think the threat of the run game and the escapability really helps them, obviously, too, because I believe Lamar had, like, 255 yards passing on on, uh, play action in this game. So, obviously, with the ability to run, his ability to run, you start doing play action. You have to move the defense up. You don't really have a choice. And then, you know, you bring motions involved and um, you, you had the play where it looks like it's going to be a QB draw, you know, to the right side. The whole line shifts right. And then you sneak Mark Andrews out for for a, a big game with, with the play action pass. Just things of that nature. Like this was – this is literally a perfect game by the Ravens. Like if this is baseball, they 27 up, 27 down. Right. Like that is the perfect game for the Ravens. I mean, listen, for the Lions, you just ran into a buzzsaw. This is, you know, probably their worst game. Actually, not probably. This is their worst game of the season. Um, you know, the offense couldn't get going. Like I said, I believe they started on 3-3 three, three and outs. Uh, defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So it was just an absolute bludgeoning from, you know, first whistle to the last whistle of the game. Uh, you know, Jared Goff. 33 of 53. You never want to throw that many times, obviously, but you have to. 284 through an interception. Uh, St. Brown still did his thing. 13 catches, 102 yards. Gibbs had a solid game, 11 carries, uh, 68 yards and a touchdown. But um, I believe he also had a – yeah, he had nine catches as well, 58 yards. So, you know, uh, uh, over 100 total yards. You like to see that. They drafted him, I believe it was 13th overall uh, for a reason. And you could see the burst, I'll tell you. He caught a screen pass, and he turned up field, gone. Just gone. So, 
good on him. And uh, I mean, listen, I thought I thought the Lions would win. So obviously, you know, even if they lost, it would have been a little upsetting to me. But this was just not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, this was a beatdown, and this was definitely this was the best game for the Ravens and the worst game for the Lions. I mean, that's probably the best way to put it uh, for this yeah. game. Just the offense is really clicking on all cylinders for Baltimore. Lamar excelling in the pocket. The the run game was was on. The receivers are catching passes, and, I, and that's really what we were we were looking at. And man, that, this this is a narrative that that I've been talking about with Lamar, and well, not even Lamar, but just for the Ravens and, and Lamar too. When, when people critique him and, and they view him a certain way, as a, you know, to his counterparts in the league. I'm like, just look at the weapons that he doesn't have and look at the weapons that his colleagues have. Now that narrative is gone as long as they continue to be consistent and catch the football when the ball is in front of them uh, because they do have a lot of weapons on this team now. I mean, with uh, Zay Flowers, Odell got, had seven targets, I believe five catches in this game. We know what Mark Andrews makes to the table, top three tight end in the world. Uh, and with his ability to, you know, just yards after catch, red zone magnet. I mean, he's just so elite in the red zone, finds ways to get open. Him and Lamar have great, great chemistry. It's just like, it's just like Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, it's just yeah. the same thing. I mean, you, you can bank on a touchdown uh, when they get to that area of uh, 89 and eight. So, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I mean, I, I want to see Lamar excel. This, he's look, he looks really good in the pocket, playing well there. The play that you talked about, where he rolled around. I think he had like ten time, ten seconds to. to I think it was like nine point eight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was close and. Uh, he was able to, to make that play. That's that's just the, that's just Lamar, man. That's what he does, and I, I just feel like, we need to see this. I mean, maybe not to this level as. Not to this level. I mean, it was really just a perfect game. I, I was gonna say I don't even think you, it's not even fair to say he needs to play this level because if he does, I mean, he might have the greatest quarterback season of all time. I mean, that he was, it was literally a perfect game. But it's just like, what's stop? I mean, it's just like, what's stopping? I mean, he's already had one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time. He won MVP. So it's like, you know, why? You know, he could duplicate yeah. that. He could definitely duplicate that. And, and now with the weapons that he has, man, I, I'm just, I'm just excited to see this offense. Todd Munkin did a really good job, offensive coordinator for Baltimore calling up some plays that the option that they're able to do with Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill, you just pick your poison, just pick your poison and him rolling out. They think he's about to run. And then Andrews flattens out, gets to this, gets, uh, gets behind the defense. Can't, you can't stop that. You can't stop that. And, um, I just want to just see consistency. Even Lamar said it at the, at the post game interview when they asked him questions, he was just like, you just need to see this offense be more consistent going forward. They have the talent. They have the ability. Uh, and if, uh, for Detroit, this is and, and like, this is one game. Every every top team has had these type of games. I mean, not to the level as Detroit, not to the level where this game in terms of how much they lost by. Yeah. A game where you're like, wow, like you're, it's a disappointing loss. We saw last week with the Jet, with the Eagles and the, and the Jets and the 49ers and the Browns. Um, we, we saw, we've seen, we've seen these type of games, or we saw with uh, Baltimore and and Steelers. But the way Steelers have been playing, is that really that bad of a loss? So uh, we'll find out. They also lost to the Colts too, right? That was just kind yeah, of that, yeah, that loss to the Colts. Yes, yes, that loss to the Colts too. Those were the two L's. Yeah, that one, that one is definitely more disappointing than, that, yeah. than the Steelers one. Um, well, you know the Colts are. I think it's the Colts. Uh, actually, no, I know it's the Colts. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. Is the only team to put up like twenty one in every game so far this season? Wow, 
which is very strange to think of. But hey. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it probably just shows how how well, how well that offense could be down the road. But for Detroit, is is listen, man. Um, when these when you go up against elite teams like the Ravens, the Ravens are sixteen and one against NFC teams. That's such a crazy stat. Lamar gets his fiftieth dub in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, like, what do we? What do we really? T- I mean, this guy's this guy's elite, guys. Like, uh, like the, the narrative that these people are trying to run with. I know he has one playoff win. I get it. I know he's been hurt the last two years. That's fair. I mean, you can't really defend that. I mean, you're, if you're not playing and you're not playing well when it's time, you can't defend those type of things. But for Detroit. Like who's who's Jared Goff? Like when when when, it, when when playoff come when playoff time comes around, he's gonna have to step up. He's gonna have to play better than the perfect game, the perfect situation. The defense is on point. The run game, like they're gonna need you to be Superman at, and key points in games. I, you know, especially we, in the playoffs. I feel like we kind of. I feel like we've kind of like lessened the importance on home field advantage in the in the past few years and everything of that nature. Like in all sports, not just the NFL. I think the Lions are the one team that desperately need it because, I, like, they not only would you I think would first of all because that crowd in Detroit after being awful for all these years, a home playoff game, they would be absolutely insane. I'd like to see it, but Jared Goff is a lot better in that. When he, when he's at home, than on the road. I mean, he's he's been playing well on the road. Like I don't mean that as like a you know he can't win a road game or anything of that nature. Of course, but I think if they got a home field, they would be, you know, very very happy with themselves. But the likelihood of that is very slim. With the way Philadelphia is playing, and I do feel like Sam Fran will get back get back on the right track when Debo. Comes uh, you saw saw today that all of a sudden Purdy's in the concussion protocol. Here we go again. Here we go again. That is uh, Sam Darnold's lining up to start. I mean, hey, we're going to see all those people that were like, hey, if you threw any quarterback in there, they'd play well. You threw Sam Darnold in there, he'd be a pro bowler. I mean, hell, we might find out. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Um, But then again, one game is not really fair to find out anyway. But, hey, listen, you can't be fair in life all the time. We move on anyway. Um, The Raiders and the Bears, I'll be honest with you. Didn't really uh, tune into this one too much. Uh, good for the Bears, uh, getting this getting this dub for them. Well, maybe not good for them because I'm sure that you know Bears fans just want a higher draft pick. But they got the Panthers draft pick anyway, so I mean, doesn't really matter. Um, I can't even remember. I know it's Tyler something. It's like Tyler Bag. Tag Tadger. Yeah, whatever. Two, you know, a D two quarterback. Uh, gets a win in the NFL. Of course, last week, as I said, I was like, yeah, I doubt that, you know, some D2 quarterbacks can get a win in the NFL. Oh, <laughs> how much do I know about sports? Um, 30 to 12. And I, listen, to me, I mean, I, I see Raiders fans, you know, they've been clamoring for it forever. But, God, how how much do you have to hate life with Josh McDaniels as your coach? I mean, he is just – like, we, we – we joke around sort of about like this player's made because of this or this person's made because of this player. Like you want to talk about Brady made. What did he do with, with Denver? That was special. I mean, I know they went on that little playoff run with Tebow, but yeah, they were awesome. never, you know, special, obviously. No. Uh, 
then he gets fired from there. He comes back, whatever, goes to the Raiders, and the Raiders have been worse than they were before. I mean, and it's not like they don't like Max Crosby is a good player. Obviously, you have Adams. Myers has been playing very well. Like, you got people over there. Like, I, they shouldn't be this awful, but I think he's just that awful. And, you know, Raider fans are definitely clamoring for the day that uh, he gets fired. But, uh, I mean, and, and apparently Devontae Adams isn't going to get traded. Uh, it's just it's just a mess. We're going to give it one more year with McDaniels. I think after this year, one, one more year after that, if he can't get it done, he's out of here. Uh, he's just not that guy. Just never, he's just not a head coach. Some guys look into the league. And you see, yeah, they could be really good coordinators, but it's got to be a leader of men. Like, look, we're going to talk about the Steelers and Rams later, but bro, Mike Tomlin, I, I mean, like, is there is there a better guy in terms of, like, guys believing in you every single week that we're going to go out wherever, wherever it is, whether it's in Pittsburgh, whether it's on the road, in L.A., we're going to go get this dub. They don't. They don't feel that same energy at Las Vegas, man. And oh, absolutely not. They tried to build Patriots West, and they really need to build the Raiders. <laughs> I feel like I really do feel like that's just a an ex Belichick person thing. Oh yeah, they brought. They, I mean, they everybody in, does it. Yeah, they brought in an executive from from the Patriots, and he hired McDaniel's. So, I mean, you yeah. remember even the Titans a few years ago? What they they brought in like it was like. The entire secondary was off Patriots at that point. But Vrabel's a leader of men. No, no, no. I think Vrabel's good. I'm just saying, like, it's like anybody that was ever involved with Belichick, like, I don't understand why he's I don't get it wrong. He's the GOAT, obviously. But like, don't you have to like have your own thing there, brothers? Exactly. And that's what it is right there, having your own identity. If if you're if you're going into a new team as a new head coach and you're trying to be like the coach that uh, that you were with on the team you were with before. Players are gonna see right through that. Like they, they players see through fake people, bro. Um, and I said I don't know him personally and the stuff like that, but just based on the stories I've seen from former players, Chan Bailey, Brandon Marshall, uh, those guys, uh, when they were real on those Broncos teams, they just the vibe, dude, it was just it just never worked. And I feel bad for Devontae Adams. I'm sure. He, I mean, remember, remember, he wanted to go to Vegas to play with Derek Carr. Now Derek Carr's yeah. in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, they said he don't want to trade him. I, I would, I would ask, I would ask for a trade. I would request oh, a yeah. trade. I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. You know, they're going to ask for a multitude of picks and try to get back what they lost when they acquired him. But I, I just don't see Josh Jacobs free agent next year. I mean, this could be a this could be a poverty team going into next year. Honestly, uh, no doubt. So, and then you like you want to you want to hand the keys and, and have Josh someone like Josh McDaniels pick the quarterback or pick the guys of the future going going into next year when you have a bad draft pick. That's a tough that's a tough outlook if you're Mark Davis. Mark Davis, uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy, uh, but you know in terms of team building, hasn't been great. Hasn't been great since his yeah. father passed. That's not been good. So uh, they they ha- they have to figure it out. The the Bears, it was a good home win. They did exactly what they needed to do when you have a young quarterback. It doesn't matter D2, D3, D1. You're supposed to run the football. Supposed to, this is the same thing they're supposed to do with Justin Fields on the center. Run the football. Deontay Foreman had a great game. He went crazy. Three uh, touchdowns. 
three touchdowns, play action. The play action was on. And when you're able to run the football, we already know what happens and how it sets up easier passes for, for everybody on the outside. So um, it, it was just a great game plan from from uh, from Chicago defensively too. I believe they had what three turn or three picks, one on one on the rookie quarterback that they had, and two on Hoyer. So Hoyer had two, and and Hoyer's in there, Garoppolo. But this is but you should already know. When you sign a guy like Garoppolo, knowing his injury history, knowing he had a sh- he had a shoulder problem, yeah, it might be had the issues with the physical yeah. when he first got there. <laughs> when he first got there, when you gave him what 50, 50 something million dollars through over three years, you should already have an insurance plan for this guy. Brian Horry is not that insurance. Brian Horry is a guy who was like when Mark Sanchez was was a quarterback in the Jets, and they had Mark Brunel in there, like a young guy, teacher, help him out. This is how to be a quarterback. That's Brian Horry at this stage of his career. He's not coming in games. He's not coming into the game. He hasn't game. won a start since 2012. Yeah, that's what he's, you know, I think he was on the Colts back then. Like he's and not, I, I think, Actually, I think it was the Colts against the Bears. Ironically enough. I, it's just. It was either the Bears or the Raiders. It was one of the teams in this game that he, that he ended up beating. I remember seeing that. But, I mean, and then you see after the game, too. Here's like The thing I'll never understand is if you know you're a bad team, and I think the Raiders should know, we're not even not even that, but like, you know what Brian Hoyer is. It has been twelve or fifteen something years in the NFL. You know what he is. Aiden no, it's Aiden O'Connell, right? I want to I want to make sure. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell. I want to make sure I got that right. Unbelievable preseason. He started that game against the Chargers. First of all, Cleo Mack sacked him six times. I want to know what veteran quarterback would have had a great game if that happened to them. Not many. Six times by one person, which is unbelievable. And then, you know, you hear after the game, why didn't you start in O'Connell, like Brian Hoyer? This isn't the preseason. Like, yeah, way to go, McDaniels. Nice vote of confidence for your guys. Like, how is that your response? Yeah, again, it's just, he's not a head coach, right? And then the head coach is not, it's not just X's and O's. It's about being able to handle media, answering questions, not like that. <laughs> uh, because, again, your team hears those, hears, they, they watch all these interviews. They see everything that you're saying um, outside of the locker room uh, when they're talking, when you're having these questions being asked by the media. They watch all this type of stuff, man. Um, they want to know if this is a guy I, I should follow. And, again, as I said, he's just not that dude. They have some talented guys, like you talked about earlier in, in, at the top of the segment. But you need a you need a team. You need a team. You, you see a bunch of teams with with some talented individual players, but you need a collective. One, they don't have a quarterback, so obviously that's that's a minus. Uh, they don't have a great offensive line, <laughs> so that's another minus. Those are two things that they haven't been able to figure out since. They don't really have anybody besides Crosby. Oh, defense? No. Yeah, no one but Crosby and Devontae Adams on offense. Josh Jacobs has been solid, but again, it's like, how could you really judge him with that future offensive line? It's like, like where is he supposed to run? What lanes that's is he supposed to run? See, that's the thing that sucks for running backs, too, because now you're hearing everybody, oh, like, what happened to Josh Jacobs? Like, did he fall off? Like, last year he led the league in rushing. You realize people, like, you know, things change, right? Like, things aren't always exactly the, the exact same thing. Like, I'm sure if he had this offensive line last year, he would have been terrible too. I would love to see him on the Ravens. I would love to see him on the Ravens. I 
think it's a great fit. Obviously, Dobbins just injury, just plagued with injuries. He gets back Achilles, ACL the last two years. You just can't, you just can't trust that. I like that running core right now, but if they got someone like Jacobs around behind that offensive line in Baltimore, my goodness, my scary hours. Yeah, for sure. Just talking about scary. Um, Miles Garrett is a ass man. Miles Garrett is a scary human being. I mean, the, the Browns escape, I should say, and emphasize on the escape with a 39 to 38 win uh, over the Colts. Obviously, we know that the two calls at the end of the game were absolutely terrible. In fact, Jim Ursay tweeted out that the uh, NFL kind of reached out and said, Yeah, we blew that one. Uh, we, we blew that one. Uh, it was the illegal contact on Amari Cooper, which that one really ended the game because the, the Colts had gotten a strip sack on the, on that play, and then they called the illegal contact. Obviously, that negates the play. And then on the very next one, listen, the ball landed in the stands. It bounced and then landed in the stands, and they said that it was pass interference. Now, listen. I've seen some passes that I've thought were uncatchable and they still call pass interference, but that one was like, how was that even possible? You know what I mean? Like, I, I was just very, very confused as to how that wasn't considered an uncatchable ball. Um, and you know what else this game really taught me, CJ, that I think we all know, but this one really taught me? Nobody knows what they're talking about. Not a clue. Browns are the best defense in football, right? They 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 just shut down the 49ers. Their man coverage gives up no yards. They got this, they got that. It's going against Gardner Minshew, who, you know, career backup basically, besides for a little time in Jackson. 38 points. 30, 38 points against against the that unbelievable Browns defense, who just shut down a fully healthy, yeah, sort of. Nah, not really. Yeah, sort of. 49er team the week prior. We have no idea what we're talking about. I mean, we're basically throwing darts. And and whatever one lands and we're closest to, see, I told you I was right. Because if you looked yourself in the mirror and said 39-38 for the Colts, please, I'm begging you to give me the winning lottery numbers because I don't want to work ever in my life. Yeah, no one ever, no one saw that. No one saw that at all. Uh, yeah, this game was was weird. It's a weird game for a lot of the reasons we talked about. Definitely, definitely didn't see this score. So definitely saw a low scoring. Sean Watson came in the game, got hurt with a concussion, sat for the rest of the game. But I mean, those two, two was yeah. playing great. Yeah, yeah. Two uh, I mean, well, tech, I think only one because yeah, the, one, yeah, one got called back. Yeah. But I mean, you want to talk about just an awful throw? <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. You just can't. You can't make those throws. You can't cross your body. I mean, it's just only it's only really one guy in the world that can. Be successful at it. So, trying to trying to do too much, costing get, you know got cost for uh, getting hit, got a concussion. Want to be on the safe side. Obviously, just coming back off the, uh, the shoulder injury, concussion, had problems. You just you don't want to risk it. Um, and PJ Walker came in there and did a solid job. Did what he needed to do. It's a close game. The coach should have definitely won this game. You know those calls in the fourth quarter down the stretch. There's some terrible calls by referees. Ter- terrible calls, uh, and it's just—it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because these refs, like, yeah, it's easy to come out after the game, like, yeah, we we're wrong. But 
you know, these, you know, these guys, they, there's there's careers on the line each game. You gotta this 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 sport is a week to week basis. So like when when you when you're making and I I know they're human. I know they're human, and you're bound to make mistakes. But what's what's the point of all this technology and replay and all things of that nature? If the co if, if the ref sees so this is a call. And, and it could get dicey because then you could have a situation where coaches just start challenging for pass interference. And to be honest, if then then it really slows the game down because it's really you could argue that like well, my argument play. for that too is you only get three <laughs> challenges per game and you have to get the first two right to even get that. Like it's not like they have unlimited flags. So like I slowing I think, down the game, I guess, but like I would I don't know. I'm I'm always been in the camp. Of I would much rather get stuff right, like yeah. we all this technology, like oh, it's the human error of the game. Well, guess what? I have the resources to not have human error. <laughs> like, listen, I know that that's been a part of the game forever. I'm sorry, we advanced. Listen, we you know we used to you know Fred Flintstone it around in 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 a rock rock bed, you know like we evolved. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So my thing is just like you you've seen sometimes the refs. They'll throw the flag, say it's a call, and then come back to the mic and be like, there was no foul on the play. I think those guys in New York watching all these games, you know, the, the officiating committee, however many guys sit down and watch the games um, and, and dissect every single game, all the monitors and the screens they got up. If you see that's a blatant no call, go to the mic, go to the mic. You know, cipher it to whoever, whoever's the lead official and say, listen, I mean, you guys got the call wrong. That wasn't PI. Pick up the flag. You're, like, if, if it's just, if it's that blatant, like where it's not even close to PI, you, you have, you have, you have to make an adjustment there to the point it shouldn't even have to come to ref, uh, the coaches challenging, challenging the call right there. And, and, and I mean, Ursay came out and said that like these things should be reviewable and I don't disagree with it. But the only other problem with it too is we saw that passenger fans through a little bit was a reviewable play. Because it was, and but to me, I don't think they ever took it seriously because it was kind of like a okay, piss off to Saints fans from you know that NFC championship game against the Rams, where you know they you want to talk about getting screwed out of going to a Super Bowl. I mean, Jesus, but it was kind of just like, okay, can you guys finally shut the hell up? Because I think when they did make pass interference reviewable, out of all the challenges there was, I think one got overturned or like whatever it was. And then they took it out the very next year because it was like, see, it's not even worth it. I, I think that they they did it just to be like, okay, shut up. See, it didn't work. Okay. And I don't even think they actually gave it a chance. Competition committee. Uh, they they got to figure that out. These players, when you sign, when you sign the CBA, right, and you just put all your trust in Demore Smith, you gotta you gotta start speaking up and be like, "Yo, we need these things in our collective bargaining agreement when it's time to sit down with these owners in terms of how the game's being officiated." Because as I said earlier, like these are these are guys' careers, these are coaches' jobs, players' jobs, staff, all this type of stuff. Like on on these calls, like these things can really affect employment for a lot of players, right? For a lot of it's coaches. just it's just tough because I mean, listen, you're not crying for any of these guys going to sleep normally, but oh. you, know, you, you hold out and it's, you know, millionaires. Well, once again, not crying for I mean, versus billionaires. And let me tell you something. The billionaires are going to win every single time because they, what, 
you guys aren't going to play? Okay, we'll wait you out because you guys want your contract eventually. You, like, you guys aren't going to hold out to the point where, you know, you're going to start missing game checks and stuff like that. I mean, we saw it with baseball where, you know, they went in and then they had to, you know, shuffle some of the season around and, and things of that nature. But baseball contracts are also guaranteed, like fully. So they can – exactly, that's what I'm saying. They can probably afford to, like, okay, listen, I got my contract, whatever, whatever. You know, even if we start the season late, I'm still getting my full pay. I don't really care. You start the season late with with the NFL, it's like, okay, well, I got one game check instead of – I got, you know, this many game checks instead of this many game checks. And, well, I didn't hit this incentive now because we didn't play in this. And it's like – and obviously some people are mixing signing. It's just like holding out is definitely a – or locking out, I guess you could technically say is what it would be, is – is what they have to do, but I don't think they can just because it's – I don't think they can win that battle, obviously. Uh, it shouldn't even have to come to doing a lockout or a holdout. I mean, you have a represent, you have a, a guy that's supposed to represent the players, you know, Morris Smith. That's his job. I mean, he's getting paid however many – I think he's a millionaire. I mean, oh, why well, wouldn't I'm, he? She's getting, well, he's getting paid millions of dollars to represent the players. These are the type of discussions that he should be having with Roger Goodell and uh, officiating committee and these guys because – well, the, what they also have to do is how how is it that the NFL is not full time referees? Like they, they go these referees go throughout the season, they leave, and then they go back to being like a banker. But they get good pay though. They get good pay though. Like it's not like they no. Get, but like, that's what I'm saying. McDonald's salary. <laughs> like, get, how are you not a full time? Uh, this is the only sport that doesn't have it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that matters in terms of making the right call, though. I mean, it's like I. I mean, like, don't you, you say got two eyes? You still, you're out there. No, absolutely. I, I see <laughs> where you're coming from, but I mean, full time referees, and that means instead of the off season when you're going back to being a banker, you're going to ref schooling, or you're you can you know watch things that were this or that. Like you can always improve on your craft. You know, listen, players practice in the offseason. Referees yeah. should too. And, and it, I was I was watching other stuff too. Like imagine not like a practice squad sort of for referees, but kind of in the same nature where it's like, oh, you made a terrible call. Okay, you're getting demoted. Like you, you're not working this week. We're going to bring somebody else in, and then you have to work your way back up. Don't you think that that would be like, hey, I better get stuff right now because now – I'm potentially losing out on stuff because that's the thing. Oh, well, we're, well, we take away their postseason stuff. Now, listen, I understand that is a big deal because obviously you want to ref postseason games, probably a lot of money in it, whatever. But that also doesn't stop them from going out the very next week and messing something up again because they're still on the field the next week. I understand they're not going to be on the field in the playoffs when, you know, you really need your best. But what if the Colts miss the playoffs by a game now? Right. That's, and, that's, and, that's what we're saying, yeah. And they technically, because because then you could say, oh, well, how do you know they would have won the game anyway? Because one of the calls in this game literally lost in the game. If there's no illegal contact, strip sack, game's over, boom. They call the bad one, Browns come back, win the game, Colts miss the playoffs by a game. You can legitimately look back and be like, well, we got screwed. Yeah, they got to figure it out, you know, what – there's there's a lot of there's a lot of answers. A lot of people have different opinions. Obviously, we have ours in terms of it, but 
I mean, just got to do better. Just have to do better. All in all, that's the best thing to say about it. We move on. The Bills versus the Patriots. Patriots get a nice 29-25 victory, I should say. Definitely a little bit of a shocker here. Um, listen, I said I wanted the Patriots to go 116. It'd be the worst team possible. I was not expecting them to win this game whatsoever. Uh, this was obviously Mac's best game of the season. Uh, also, probably the full the entire team's best game of the season, obviously, because uh, even that win against the Jets, it was disgustingly ugly. But the offensive line actually did well, which didn't I didn't even think that was personally possible to happen this year. Um, Kendrick Bourne did his thing besides that fumble, which I'm sure means he's probably not going to play next week. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be out there. We need that boy, man. I mean, you know Bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, listen, a, a good win for them. And I, listen, I, I'm not going to get hyped about anything. doesn't mean the Patriots are back. doesn't mean they're, they're going to go on a run here or something, at least in my eyes, right? I, I think the clear bigger story is the Bills. And for me, it's kind of like what do we expect from them? And because at this point in the season, you kind of are who you are. You know, if this is the first two, three weeks of the season, you're like, oh, you're getting the, you know, the the dense out, or you know, we're we're working things out on the offense and the defense, whatever. We were trying new things, but like you're seven games into the season, and I've said it from the very beginning. I think Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback, could be an MVP. I think he's one of those, you know, top three best quarterbacks in the league, whatever. They ask him to be Superman on every single play. Every single play, he has to do something special. And is he capable of doing it a lot of times? Yeah, he does. I mean, you see him stiff arm lineman and then throw a pass while he's getting sacked and if he a touchdown, you know, running people over for the first down, things of that nature. I understand he can do it. But on every play, you're taking something out of it. Like, and here's where I think we've also overrated them. We look, oh, look, look at their offense. Let's be 100% honest. It's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and then we always think Gabe Davis. But besides, like, three or four games throughout the year, do you really think Gabe Davis is really that special? Like, is he even a top 30 wide receiver? I mean, like, no. it's, it's, it's really Diggs and Allen. And it did to the AFC Championship game with Diggs and Allen. Uh, yeah, but that's never the end goal. You know, obviously the end goal is always the Super Bowl, and, <laughs> and and you know to win it. But I mean, they they can't they haven't been able to run the ball forever. I thought that they were going to be able to do it a lot more this year with Cook because it kind of looked like in the beginning of the year that they were going to be able to do it. They still haven't really done that. And then I mean, outside of Diggs, like you have to look at all the good teams, right? You got the Eagles, it's A.J. Brown Smith. 49ers is, I mean, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, and CMC. Right. You have, I mean, the Chiefs is just special because Travis Kelsey and, and I was Mahomes. about to say, can't say the Chiefs. Because <laughs> we've been saying the same thing about the yeah, Chiefs the whole time. Kelsey and Mahomes is just, you know, might be the greatest hookup of, of all time. And, and also on that end, we always talk about offense for the Chiefs. They have their defense hasn't let up 21 points in the game this season so far. So I mean, 
their defense has been unbelievable, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, and I mean, you just look at the Dolphins. It's it's uh, you know Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, and then they have sixteen running backs that they can go to. Like it, it's all of these, you know, pairings and multiple people on the team, and. I just think that they put so much on Josh that it's like, hey, if you don't play A+, we're probably not going to win. And it's not like I'm trying to make excuses for him because, you know, I like watching him or anything of that nature. I think it's just based in fact where if he doesn't play outstanding, they can't win because I think we've gotten used to their offense being Diggs and Allen so much and him playing Superman all the time that we've overrated it to the point of, we think all these other people are much better than they are. Yeah, I agree. I agree with some of the stuff he said. He also has a, he's also a turnover magnet. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, I think he has the most turnovers in the league since he came in. Yeah, let's let's also talk. Let's also put that in consideration. I mean, he turns the ball over a lot. Uh, I do agree with with uh, your points about you know, they don't have a you know two elite guys on the outside like some of the teams you mentioned. But uh, this they should have beat us. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know what, we, we won in five going into this game. Uh, they had a close one against the Giants on Sunday Night Football the week prior. That's, you know, this should have been a get-right game. You can't turn the ball over. I mean, Bill Preppers had a – that was one of the best interceptions I've seen in a long time. Uh, he, caught the, he caught the football like a receiver on that pick. Uh, they just they just have these slow starts, lethargic starts. I don't know what it is. I mean, is it, is it Ken Dorsey as a play caller? Because you know when he had day ball, it was night and day. I mean, his ability he was, it was just working for him. I think some of it is also Josh Allen trying to do too much, um, not a, not not taking the singles, not taking the doubles, just trying to make the big plays all the time. And you 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 should know going into a game as a defense, he's at least going to give you the football one time, at least one time. He's he's that gunslinger type. Uh, yes, it's more it's. it's the majority, it's more good than bad when he plays the majority of the time over these last four years, but he is going to turn the ball over. So we got to capitalize on that. And that's what New England did. They capitalized on this, on this game. What's the answer? I mean, they, they could make a trade. I think they should, you know, go out there, try to try to get a guy, Sutton, Judy, see, you know, try to see what's going on in Denver. See, I don't know what the Saints, like, you know, we talked about that. You don't think everything's completely out of, out of whack per se, so they might not move a guy. I saw. I mean, I don't know if it was true because there's 900 NFL rumor accounts, but the Titans would trade Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So we'll see in these next two weeks what they do. But they they also put themselves in these predicaments outside of the talent and outside of things that they still put themselves in this situation. And New England is just the first time this season where they actually capitalized on the other team's mistakes by scoring touchdowns. Field goals to get you beat in this game. This mm-hmm. team was scoring three points, zero points, 17, 20. I, I mean, it was just the offense was, was terrible. I mean, the, off, the offense pretty much just drive down the field, be perfect, didn't get a field goal. Like, they'll get all the way to the 20-yard line and then have to kick a field goal. That's demoralizing for an offense. Uh, yes, you're getting points, but it's not it's not, the, it's not the ultimate thing that you want. And But in this game – it was 22-10, and I'm with like six minutes left. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we got this in the bag. And then Allen, Diggs, 
Diggs, uh, Davis, Diggs, Diggs, touchdown. I'm like, okay. Then the fumble. Then they tie it up. I mean, then they get the lead. Just yeah. get the two-point conversion. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Uh, and, and, and listen, to Max credit, came down. You know, the, the last week he had an opportunity to go uh, drive down the field and win the game. Wasn't able to do so. Unsuccessful. This week was a different story. This is, I think this is their first home win of the season. Crazy. And Bills 300th win. Congrats to Bill. Yeah. 303 Bills. I mean, that's that's definitely not an easy thing to do in this league. So congrats to Belichick there. And Mac drove down the field and and, and had that, that screen pass to Ramondre, did most of the did most of the work. Yeah. But had a had a big pass to uh to Kendrick Moore big pass to, to Pop Douglas. Parker had his only catch of the game in, in that drive. Uh and, and the, the pass to Kasiki was, was a nice. I, honestly, the first play, before that play, he, he threw it over Demario Douglas. I'm like, bro, like he was wide open off this as soon as the ball was hyped. Just <laughs> throw it right there, put it in his chest, touchdown. We're not even, but <laughs> yeah. But they came in and and the next play, great pass to Kasiki. Followed by a great gritty, right? Uh, not so much, not so much. But, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of made, you know, he's kind of made it his own now. He's yeah, he's memed it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's good for him. That's good for him. The whole team is doing it. I think that was that was a fun moment. It's a good win. Uh, am I like overly excited going forward? No, got Miami next week. They just came off an L. They could, they trying to get a get right game, and it's in Miami. And we already know our record in Miami is not great. And Tua so, hasn't lost a bill. All the narratives are there. Uh, so, you know, what is this team? What is this team? And uh, I, I'm looking at this team on a week-to-week basis. I, I don't – I'm not – I'm not I'm – ex- I'm happy that we won, but I'm not really – I'm still – I'm still – I'm not excited going forward or I think this team is going to turn the tide and get the 500. I, gotta yeah. see, I have to see much more than that. But I did like what I saw from the offensive line. Offensive line protected Mac extremely well. No turnovers, clean game. I think it was like 22 or 25 in this game. And if you're, and if you're able, and like I say, he, he's not Lamar. He's not Josh. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not any of these elite guys. But if you're able to protect him, he could be solid. He could be good. And that's really all you could ask for, man. So that, that O-line needs to, you know, really, they need to figure out those five guys up front first. And I think once they get that together, uh, I, I think it'll be, well, he'll have more success. And then also, again, last thing for me with the offense is Kendrick Moran and Demario Douglas, they need to be wide receiver one and two moving forward. Oh, yeah. We already, we already said what we said about Parker over the last few weeks. Just not that guy. He's just not that guy. I'm just leaving it at that. Juju's out the line, you know, not even in the lineup with, with the injury. Douglas and Bourne, and then you sprinkle in uh, Farrell Brown. Hunter Henry and, and Gesicki with those three guys. Zeke getting in the end zone. That's a good to see. Zeke, I mean, he, that's what he that's what he brought him in there for to be that red zone guy to score touchdowns. Uh, so this was definitely one. This is definitely the best win of the, of the season for the Patriots and uh, for Buffalo. It's just they have to find some consistency. They have to because you don't want to get into a situation where you're losing these games. Then in the second half of the season, you got to damn near be perfect to get the certain placements and get the certain seating in the AFC come playoff time. 
Absolutely. The Commanders at the Giants. Giants get a 14-7 to victory here. I mean, listen, just not much to talk about for me in this one. Just a <laughs> disgustingly ugly game that was uh, only on my phone because it's a local game and, well, I had nothing else. I mean, I had, you know, the good old Sunday ticket on the TV. But, you know, I was like, hey, I might as well put one on the phone too. I mean, I, I don't think I peered down at it more than five times. So, I mean. 14 to 7. Giants are still terrible. Uh, commanders, I've given up 40 sacks, I believe, so far this season. Um, I think the record in a season is like 67 with, with uh, David Carr back when he was getting murdered. Uh, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, they're going to break that. Yeah. So uh, RIP to Sam Howe. Facts. Facts. Yeah, he's getting rocked back there, uh, regardless of whether, what you think about him as a quarterback. Like I just said with Mac Jones, like, you have to protect him. You have to at least see what he could do uh, when he has a clean pocket, and he hasn't been able to have that his his tenure this this first year as a starter, um, as a Commanders quarterback. But yeah, this was a this was a low scoring game. It looked like the Giants could have broke this game out at times, but again, they just hard. They are who they are. You know, they're just an average team. And yeah, this this, this game is just. I was watching it too, just by default. I mean, I have no really, really have no choice. And you know, I'm a fan of the game, so it's like you have to. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's just one of those situations. But good win for the Giants and for the Commanders, man. I just – I have no faith in that team, man. The offensive line is terrible. The Falcons and the Buccaneers. Falcons got a 16-13 victory here. Young Hoku with the uh, walk-off field goal. Man had a swagger for a kicker, by the way. I don't know if you saw the video of him doing a little helmet toss after he drilled it. Got some swagger for a kicker, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, another game that was nothing special. Uh, it looked like Baker was going to take him down the field and and then at least tie things up, and then I think he threw another interception. Um, I don't I – mean, let me look up the, uh, the numbers real quick just to make sure that I am correct. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I mean, 19 of 25, 250. He's just not – that guy. I mean, I know they're four and three, but I just don't think he's. I mean, they're winning with some, you know, some pretty good defense. Uh, obviously, there was, you know, the big thing in this one too that you know Bijan didn't play. Uh, I think he got one touch. He was like never on the injury report or anything of that nature. And apparently, you know, they're being investigated now by the NFL for that, which I mean won't really turn into anything. I highly doubt it, but it'll find. Um, but apparently he was having migraines or something of that nature since Saturday. So he only got like one touch in this game uh, or something like that. But definitely, you know, not what you want, not having your best player. Obviously, everybody was very confused when it was happening. Um, but, yeah, Baker, 27-42, 275, a touchdown and interception. So, you know, nothing special on his end. Mike Evans is doing his thing, 6-82, uh, for 82 and a touchdown. But – I mean, like I said, for me, nothing nothing too crazy in this one. Just a battle of the mids, and uh, the Falcons were just a little more midi. Just a little more midi. <laughs> yeah, just this is, uh, like you said, better on the average for sure. Great win by the Falcons. It's just that division, man. I really don't know what to think about it. We knew it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be a bad oh, yeah. It's the worst division in football by far. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, easily, easily. And and Baker kind of coming back to back to life a little bit. Uh, I think they need to do a better job of running the football. 
because he should not be throwing the football 42 times. Um, he's throwing the ball 42 times. That opposing team got to get shot to win the game. Um, turn the ball over. And, yeah, again, there's not, not too much to say about this one, man. Good, good win by the Falcons. And uh, the Bucks. I, 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 don't, I, I really don't know. Like, they have talent on that team, like, on all three phases. Yeah. But, it's just not. It's just not clicking. You know that happens when you know you have an average quarterback. It's a quarterback league. It is a quarterback league. The uh, Steelers versus the Rams. A little surprise here for me, at least. Steelers got the 24-17 uh, victory over the Rams. Listen, Steelers are are doing what you know they they normally do. I mean, you said it earlier in the show. Mike Tomlin is, I mean, one of the best leaders of all time. I, I think he finally had his first losing season. I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, which which he had never had, which was just an unbelievable streak to begin with. Uh, Pickett was seventeen and twenty five, two thirty. So you know nothing crazy there. Hey, George Pickens. Yeah, hey, you guys finally realize you should kind of actually use the guy. Five for one hundred seven. He had the game winning touchdown uh, catch a couple weeks ago against the Ravens. So he's finally starting to to break out. <clears throat> And honestly, the turning point of this game, like I said, was definitely on the defensive side of the football coming out of halftime. Ravens were up. They're not the Ravens, Jesus. The Rams were up. And uh, TJ Watt turned into a, a corner. This man went back in, in zone coverage, just read the red Matt Stafford, picked him off. I think he returned it back to like the 10 yard line, and that was kind of kind of the turning point. And then obviously, another game you got to talk about, though. Where they gave Kenny Pickett a first down and a QB sneak, where this man was a yard short, and the Rams didn't have any timeouts left, so they can't challenge it. They measured it still. Like that's one of those things. And I'm sorry, I know he doesn't have any challenges left, but how many times have you seen them review that just to make sure that they get it right anyway? Like, I feel like that's one of the, like you're gonna end the game. And I know we were talking about challenges before, and you can't fix everything because then what's the point of a challenge? But like. I don't know something that close. I feel you should at least like take a look at it because not. I, I mean, I know that you know it wasn't under two minutes either, so it can't be a booth review or something. I don't know. I just feel like there should be something where they, where they at least take a look at that. Uh, but the Steelers kind of escaped there because obviously that was the end of the game. Uh, they gave them the first down. They were able to kneel it out and uh, and walk away with a W. But. I mean, the Steelers just keep doing their thing on defense, and uh, it never uh, – it just it's just what they do. Because, like, I mean, you look at their offensive stats, it wasn't anything special. I mean, Kenny Pickett was 230 yards. Najee Harris had 53 rushing yards. Like, you go into a game against the team, you would take that all day, every day. So, it's uh, it definitely wasn't special, but Steelers' defense is. Yeah, they have a special defense. Uh, the Rams left seven points – out there, two missed field goals by Brett Maher, and then the miss miss Yeah, I mean, I, I see why. Like, uh, you leave it, you pretty much he left out a touchdown um, by yeah. missing those kicks. So uh, there would have been a tie ball game. It would have been in the overtime when we had that discussion uh, about. Yeah, he definitely. I, I, that was crazy. He definitely did not get. Not even close. Out. Like not even not even. Uh, close. And, th- and that's the thing too. You could see it from the side. Like, it wasn't one of those things where, like, he was in the pile, so, like, you couldn't really see him. Like, the shot right down the sideline, which is where the, the side judge would be standing anyway, he's really not even sure. close. Really sure. I just – yeah. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what's up with these guys. 
in black and white. Uh, they have to figure that out. That's terrible. That's terrible. But still, Rams have not Rams left points out on the field. And this is what I'm saying, when you leave it up to the ref, these things like that, things like this can happen. And uh, ultimately, they paid for it. Steelers, they just find a way, man. Mike Tomlin, it's just top top five coach in the world, bro. I mean, look, look what he has. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have this elite quarterback. Doesn't have an elite running back. I like the two young wide receivers that they have, but there no one thinks of them as Tyree Carroll, AJ Brown, those type of guys. Yeah. So, but that defense is is elite. I mean, TJ Watt is just. I mean, I mean, what can you see? He can do everything. He can do everything. Strip sacks, fumbles, interceptions. Like <laughs> he's just he's just uh, you know batting balls down at, at the line of scrimmage. He's just, he does that like his brother. Complete, complete defensive player and they i mean outside of the court the court went crazy in this game i mean that he's he's special he's oh, special dog. Yeah, he's special i mean he just finds ways to get open that catch he had on the sideline yeah but between the safety and the corner insane Woo! insane yeah, he's, he's gonna be eight he's for gonna 154 be, yeah he's gonna be a guy he's gonna be a guy no doubt going forward he's gonna be a, a guy yeah, him and cup but these are games they i mean they lost they lost against philadelphia at home and they lost against now they lost against the Steelers at home. We gotta get these we gotta get these uh these wins at home, man. Because the Seahawks, they're getting dubs at home. They're getting they're getting W's. And you wanna try to get you wanna try to get that six or seven spot in the playoffs. And and right now they're they're still in contention for it. But losing this way when the game was definitely there for the taking is a tough loss for the Rams. But Again, this Steeler team is just—they're uh, just built different. You just cannot sleep on this team. Like you, we can sit here and say all everything that we just said about that offense, but they just still. When they, then you look at the, the end of the game after sixty minutes, you're like, how did they win this game? And you just look at their defense and just how how well coached they are. Uh, but Mike Town, Mike Town, that's just—it's on a different level when it comes to coaching. Absolutely, he is. Uh, hold on, I was just having to type something out. And uh, we should be all good. <clears throat> um, but with that being said, we move on to the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Seahawks is a twenty to ten victory here. Cardinals are uh, they're coming back down to earth, CJ. I would say, uh, you know, they were playing teams competitive. Unless you only lose by ten here, it's still definitely a competitive game, two score game. Anything could happen in this one, but they're kind of coming back down to earth. Um, Seahawks, you know, do what they're supposed to do in this one. You beat a lesser team. Uh, no DK Metcalf in this one. I believe it's a, I think it's a rib. I, w- I want to say or something of that nature that he's dealing with. I can't remember uh, the exact details of his injury, but uh, yeah. Listen, the the Cardinals are going to be bad no matter what. It was just a matter of if they were going to be a bad competitive or like just bad bad, and they're at least competitive bad. So you can still watch their games and kind of be entertained instead of like, okay, they're losing by, you know, 30 every game. Uh, Dobbs, 19 of 33, 146 in this one. Um, You know, obviously I think too that they just desperately missed James Conner who got, you know, hurt earlier in the year uh, because he was, he was doing his thing when, when he was, when he was healthy with them, definitely running the offense through him. Geno Smith was 18 of 24, 219, two touchdowns. Listen, Kenneth Walker, the third, not talked about enough. Not talked about enough. 26 carries. Workhorse. 105 yards in this one. Um, 
So, you know, he they were they were pounding the rock and uh Smith and Jigba four catches, 63 yards, a touchdown in this one. Thought, you know, it's, and it's good to see him break out because obviously there was a lot of high hopes of him coming out of college. You know, you're adding him to the mix with Lockett and you're adding him to the mix with DK. And then he had kind of been quiet through the first, you know, portion of the season. People kind of wondered when he was going to get involved. Obviously scores a touchdown in this one. You kind of hope that this sparks something in the offense that, you know, DK comes back. It's like, damn, who are we covering now? Um, so Seahawks did what they're supposed to do in this one. Their defense is playing well. I mean, we've gone over several times that, I mean, I think the last like four draft picks they've had on defense have just been absolute studs. So they did what they had to do in being a lesser team. And, uh, you know, we'll see them in a wild card spot. I mean, I technically too, one game out of the division. Yeah, uh, I was. I mean, we're, I feel like both of us still probably going to take. Oh no, I, I, don't get me so wrong. Absolutely good. taking the 49ers. Just threw it out. They're a little nugget, but they but they have a defense that definitely give Brock Purdy some problems. They have to be because remember now, I believe they put up forty one on uh, on Seattle last year in the playoffs. So they have a defense now. Pete Carroll's done a great job. Uh, getting some young guys, hungry guys, just like how we saw back in 2013, 2014, and uh, get some guys ready to play, lock in, bind into the system. And as long as Gino just plays within himself and and just gets the football to those guys, they, they're, they're going to be successful. Running up, they're, they're a really balanced, really balanced football team. And DK wasn't out. I mean, DK wasn't there, but Smith and Jigba, another young wide receiver, came in there and made a great catcher on the right side in the end zone big time touchdown this just that's what you want that's what you want and for arizona yeah i mean their defense has improved i'll give them that i mean they're not just completely getting blasted i mean there were a couple of games in, the, in these losses where they did but their defense has been much better um, it's just what's going to happen when is, is kyler gonna, is kyler going to come back me personally i would just i would just shelf him for the whole year because you, you just don't want to risk another injury. He's not really, he's not playing for anything. Uh, yeah. Different if they were like 500 and he's coming back and to try to, you know, save the season. But this is not the case now. So I was shelving for the whole year. He's already a, he's already a smaller guy coming off a, a major injury uh, with, with a knee injury. They don't have a running game like how we talked about in the beginning of the year for, for Arizona, which is something that you that should definitely lean on when you have someone coming off that type of injury. I would shelf him for this year, have him come back 24, 25. Uh, but Seahawks, they're doing what they're doing what they did last year. I mean, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, last year I was surprised, but this year I'm not. So uh, they're, they're staying consistent, and it was a really good divisional way. We go to the Packers versus the Broncos. Pack or Broncos with a 19 to 17 victory here. Uh, listen, I think the whole thing is. I mean. Jordan Love just hasn't really been anything the first few weeks of the season. It was six touchdowns, no interceptions. I believe now it's been like two touchdowns, seven interceptions, or six interceptions since that time. So he's definitely uh, struggling in the NFL right now. The offense just doesn't – I mean, you have some pieces over there. You got, you know – A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, which should be, you know, a, a good one-two punch. It should be, at least, of course. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs, a nice young wide receiver, Christian Watson, but I believe he ended up getting hurt in this game. So, yeah. 
best best abilities availability as everybody always says so i mean listen i don't think this changes anything for for the broncos either though honestly i think both of these teams aren't really going anywhere um unless jordan love turns it around broncos i don't think they're going anywhere no matter what because i mean you see it on twitter all all over the place now that they're they are more than prepared for that fire sale they are uh they are looking to, I mean, they're getting calls on Sertan, uh, Simmons, uh, who's their, who's their bowls, their, their, all, their linemen or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're getting, they're, they're geared up and ready for that fire sale. They got to get some of these picks back that they used um, to get Russell, to get Sean Payton. So they're, they're, they're definitely getting ready to trade away some of their players. I don't think a win here is going to really change any of that. Uh, but hey, I mean, it's, it's also been good to see their defense, which is sad, almost in a way, I guess, too, improve a little bit. Um, you know, obviously they gave up the seventy to the Dolphins, but since then it definitely hasn't been. I mean, it can never be as bad as that, but it's gotten substantially better, I'll, I'll say. Um, and it's playing a little bit better, but they're probably going to lose a bunch of pieces on that defense anyway. Uh, I don't. What is what's the safety's name? He just got suspended. For uh, Jackson. yes, Cream Jackson. There we go. Four games. Yeah, four games for another hit. I see some people saying it's warranted. Yeah, NFL players saying that it's not. You know, this is football. Whatever, whatever. Repeat offender. If he call, you you kind of see what's going. Yeah, but I mean, if I think if he's not a repeat offender, he doesn't get suspended. Like if this is his first one, but. I mean, he's been thrown out of what two games a season, and uh, I think he's been fined like four consecutive weeks for hits. So he uh, he's he's out for four games. I know he's appealing it. Uh, I don't know how that'll go. Maybe they'll knock it down a couple games or whatever. But nothing nothing too special in this game. Another battle of the mids, battle of the midway. Yeah, Jordan Love, I think. You know, we're sitting, it's just tough to assume just because he sat for three years by Aaron Rodgers, he's supposed to be good. I think that was a, I think that's a, that was a bad assumption. Um, it's going to take some time, man. It's still his first year as a, as a starter. I'm not going to give up on him completely. I see a lot of guys giving up on him, but I, I have to see another year. I mean, I can't just say and say he can't be that guy after just one year of starting. It's different sitting and holding the clipboard and having the headset on. It's a completely different thing when you're out there experiencing guys running at you. You've got to make the right read. Guys got to be open. You have to make the right play. So I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him another year. If it, by next year he, he's not, he's still playing at the same level. Then it's, it's time to pack it up. But uh, he's he's gonna struggle. He's still a young guy, and he's gonna make mistakes. And, and teams are gonna definitely uh, capitalize off of, off of that because he doesn't have a lot of in-game experience. So. Denver did exactly that. I mean, they capitalized off of his inability, his inexperience in games. So it's just again not a, a win that they should definitely should get. It's a young quarterback, Russell Wilson, as a, as a veteran. You have to win this type of game, and they did that. So uh, solid win by Denver. A game that I thought would be better, but the Chiefs take on. I don't know the why. I mean, hey, listen, why not have some faith? Chargers at the Chiefs. Chiefs got a 31-17 victory. CJ, I'll talk about one thing in this game. One thing. I'll leave everything else to you. I swear to God. 
I cannot stand <laughs> the the not and it's not even with me saying that it might not be going the, the way that that you're thinking. I cannot stand how teams defend Travis Kelsey. I can't do it. Yeah, that's in tweet. Yeah, I I I cannot understand. Maybe it's because, as everybody knows, Patriot fan CJ, we've seen it. Bill takes away your best player, makes somebody else beat you. What? How do you let Kelsey? What do you have? One hundred and fifty something yards at halftime. Twelve catches for the game. Like, what are you doing? That, that it literally boggles my – like, I was genuinely laying down watching angry. And, and I don't even – the Chargers aren't even my team, but it just annoys me to no end. Like, I wish they would have done this to Gronk. If everybody just left Gronk one-on-one all the time, at least they doubled him sometimes, chipped him at the line, like, do something to throw off the rhythm. Like, and then you, and then you, stick, you stick to a zone coverage. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just leave empty spots in the middle of the field that Kelsey can sit down in. And, yeah, they, gotta, and they gotta go zone. They got the worst pass defense in the NFL. They gotta go zone. Wait, wait, wait. CJ, what do you mean? Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. I know. I know. How is that the worst? 310 yards a game they give up through the air. The, the, the Jaguars are second with 278. <laughs> And then the third, I believe, is the Broncos with like 250-something. 310 yards, that is unbelievable. I just – I mean, it's, but it's, it's not just the Chargers anyway. I mean, I would double-team Kelsey on every single play. I don't care what it costs me. Let everybody else on the team beat me. And if it really gets that bad and somebody else is going off, then maybe I'll come off of it, but – it was just the most annoying thing I've ever watched in my entire life. Just him catching every single pass and nobody being within five yards of him. Yeah, see, look how upset you are. You're not even a Charger fan. So just imagine. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine the Charger fans. To me, sure. it's common sense. That's why it annoys me. I mean, he's he's been he's been sunning the Chargers for the longest. So this is nothing new. Uh, they're the best team in football. Chiefs are the best team in football. Six-game winning streak. After that loss against the Lions, I mean, they haven't lost. So they, they've just found ways. The defense, as we talked about a little bit earlier, has been dominant this year. Uh, they don't have, outside of Chris Jones, they may not have a guy that a casual name may know. Yeah. But collectively, uh, Spagnuolo. Dog. Yeah, they, they, they just they just find ways. Nick Bolton, that linebacker. Uh, Sneed, that DB. It's just that they're a well-oiled machine, man. They're a well-oiled machine. It's as expected. This is this was Patrick Mahomes' best game of the year. 400, 400 yards, four touchdowns. I think this is his tenth 404 touchdown game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, the dude, the dude is just on a different level, man. Yeah, the dude is just on a completely different level. Uh, and, and Kelsey, listen, look. No, Gronk is my guy. Gronk is my guy, and I'm always gonna have him number one because I've just seen too much. But as a, as a, as a route runner, it's not, it's not even close. I got to go with, I got to go with Kelsey. I have to go oh, with yeah. Kelsey. Um, his ability to create separation, yards after catch, 
if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy for these next like three, four years, he'll definitely be number one in all the tight end categories. Because one, obviously, you know, the quarterback, and secondly, just his ability to just create separation on the routes. And it was, as I said, I know you're upset, but it was a perfect situation because the Chargers' defense is terrible. Oh, and they can't they can't play man to man, so you have to play zone. And Kelsey is is an animal in zone. He's going to sit in all the spots where the zones are open, and Mahomes is going to sit there and just throw him the football. And if you're not able to tackle him, he's going to get 20 yards after the catch, 15 yards after the catch. It's just difficult to stop. Um, I got a couple other guys that uh, MVS had a touchdown in this game. I'm forgetting I'm forgetting this guy's last name. Oh, uh, Rice. Player, Rice. She Rice. Yes, thank you. Uh, he played well in this game as well. McCole Hardman, guy that they just brought back from the New York. Nice fun return. So it's just here we here we go again. I mean, it just it's just like the Patriots. It's just like the Patriots. I mean, yeah. they just find a way. They find ways to win, and they're they're going to be. There's there's no team. Man. There's no team that's going to stop Kansas City going forward unless they completely fold. Like how we saw in that AFC Conference Championship game in the second half against Cincinnati. Outside of that, I just I don't, I don't see a team. I don't see a team in the AFC stopping the squad. Maybe the Ravens. Maybe if they play how they played last week. Maybe. It's uh certainly been something. Because you because well, you got to go. Last thing you got to go and win an Arrowhead. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like they get that home. You, you talked about home field advantage. They have ultimate arrowhead. Oh, is different, I mean, arrowhead is a different beast. It's a different beast, and they're gonna have home field again. So the only way to really go in there and win is to just punch them in the face first, because it gets the because you got to take the crowd out of it. Like you got to go up like twenty-one nothing and hold it till halftime, and then like yeah, you can let the Chiefs come back a little bit, but like just like play keep away almost. Like that's that's honestly how you have to win. I mean, obviously that's a you know statement for every team no matter what but especially there because you just can't let the crowd get into it there or else you're you're real screwed because then yeah. you know signals are messed up voice inflections aren't even be able to be used it's just a mess uh but we go on the dolphins and the eagles cj i said this on on gen z on monday and you know uh, it's fun that you know these games are back to back this was the Chiefs and Eagles that I've been looking for the entire season. Like, I thought, you know, the Chiefs offense hadn't really been, like, exactly. Wow, I didn't even realize that they were the exact same scores, too. That just tripped me out a little bit. I'm not even going to lie. Um, like, the Chiefs offense hadn't really been humming to that point that we, you know, we're kind of used to. Eagles have been kind of looking wishy-washy on both ends of everything. These were the two teams that I was looking for. I was like, okay, that's the Kansas City that I'm used to, and that's the Eagles of last year. I mean, first of all, the brotherly shove. Nick Sirianni came out after the game. He was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's first and nine on every play. Because if we're at, if we only got one yard to go, you know what we're doing. And it's like a 93% success rate. So we're not going to stop doing it anytime soon, obviously. Um, and I mean – Everybody talks about Tyreek, rightfully so. Don't get me wrong. Unbelievable weapon. Uh, A.J. Brown, what, four, five games in a row over 125 yards receiving? Ten catches in this one, 137, a touchdown. 
you know, I said it a couple weeks ago. I'd like to see Goddard involved more. Fly for 77 in a touchdown in this one. Uh, DeAndre Swift is just great for their running game. You know, 15 carries with the 62 yards, averaging, you know, about four yards a carry. What more can you really ask for? Hurts carried the ball 11 times in this game for 21 yards. I mean, obviously. What? Hurt. Six. Hurt a little bit. Hurt a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And also, I'd probably say, like, what, three, four of those rushes is the brotherly shove. Exactly. So, you know, obviously it's not going to be the, you know, the most gaudy stats in the world. Um, but he was 23 or 31, 279, two touchdowns, did throw the interception. You know, he's had a little bit of a turnover thing this season so far, especially in the last couple of weeks, which obviously you want him to get handled. But did you see what their Eagles defensive line was doing to the to the Dolphins? I mean, how did Carter get to the Eagles? How did people let that happen? I mean, you know, he had the situation. Don't care. Yeah. But I mean, listen. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Like, that's why. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. And then, oh, casually, yeah, we're gonna go trade for Kevin Byard, real quick. Yesterday, yeah, big move. Big move. I mean, all pro, Pro Bowler, led the league in interceptions once, just casually. Because you know, listen, their secondary was a little, you know, iffy in the safety position. Now you just get an all pro. Yeah, okay. And it was like a, a fifth, sixth, and, and Terrell Edmonds. Really. What what does what does he have on the Titans? He finessed AJ Brown away and him. I mean, I know he's a little bit you older. Look at, you got look at John Robinson that GM. <laughs> what does he have on John Robinson? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I just I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, and I mean, Eagles moved to six and one. This was their most. I mean, yeah, I think this might be their most complete you know game of the season. And uh, for the Dolphins. I'm not calling them frauds. I'm not because they're five and two. The offense is explosive. I'm just saying that their five wins, the teams that they beat record is like eight and 26 or something. It is not. And they've, then, you know, and they've lost to the bills who, you know, we thought were good. And I think are still, you know, decent, obviously they're not bad. Uh, They're just not probably not as good as we thought. And the Eagles. So, you know, they've beat bad teams. They've lost to good teams. Well, you know, I'm not calling them frauds, but something to look out for. Yeah, so Philadelphia, I mean, if, if all things stay the same and they continue to play well, I think we see a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Uh, just both of these teams, man, Philadelphia is just, they're, they're a world in cheat. We talk about this every week, how complete they are. And and Howie Roseman, I just, the, the guy's aggressive. He's aggressive. He's not complacent. He can easily be like, oh, you know, we already have a great team. We need to get better. He, he sees a flaw in their secondary, and he goes out and get a guy like Kevin Byard, where he doesn't have to be all world. It has to do completely everything. Stay in the right spots. They have solid corners. They have Whitwell. They have a great corner, one of the best corners in the league, Darius Slay, and, and a really good number two, and uh, Bradbury. Now you got Blankenship and Byard on the back end. I mean, it just with that D line, you're, you're going to get. It's going to create turnovers. Hassan Reddick, Sweat, Carter, Davis in the middle. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. <laughs> Team is stacked. Team is stacked. Team is completely stacked. You look at their third down numbers, it's like you can't really look at their third down numbers that way because, as you said, they're they're, they're going forward on fourth and fourth and one. So when yeah. you look at their third down conversion numbers, you're like, oh, it's, it's terrible. But when you look at their fourth down conversion numbers, who cares? You got, they're playing with four downs all the time. All the time. 
all the time. And that's, you know, that's such a demoralizing thing to do um, for a foreign opposing team because you're not, you're not accustomed to that. You don't see that every single week. So you have to really have attention to detail. Yes, I'm, I'm sure teams are trying to game plan and learn and trying to figure out ways to stop it, jump in the snap. You saw Fred Warner uh, jump over the snap in my Monday Night Football and try to try to stop it. He did stop it um, in, in, the, in the red zone for a play. But there's a lot of guys that's not trying to do that. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's not. You got to have a Fred Warner. There's only been so many teams that have players like that. That's um, that have that type of talent. So let's go. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate you stopping by. Um, you got. You got to have guys. You got to got. Got to have guys like that to be willing to make those plays. With that offensive line. Those guys in the middle. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Um, Dolphins. Sec, like that sec, the end of the second quarter, they tied it up, made it interesting. I was like, okay, because it yeah. was looking, it was looking a little crazy. It was looking a little. I thought, I thought Philadelphia was going to pull away, and they ultimately they did. But they, they came back. They had the pick. Tyreek Hill dropped the easy, easy touchdown that he should have caught, but they made up for it by scoring after Jalen Hurts had threw the pick um, in, in in the red zone. Um, back, I mean, back on their own red uh, touchdown. To uh, Turn just a bad throw. That was such a bad throw. Kind of threw it yeah. off his back foot, lofted it up there. I didn't. I don't even. I still don't know who's throwing that football to. Um, but then again, that's what happens. You get pressure the way he gets pressure when you're like, that Philadelphia D line. You got so many guys coming at you. You probably make the throw earlier than why you should because you just don't have the time. And they don't have to. They don't have to run Armstead in that in this game. And they don't have some of their other guys. They're a. They're a. They want to be a power team. But they 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 want to be a power. I know they want to be a power team, but they have they have to they have to really hone in on trying to become that because yeah. on the road when you go up against these good teams, you have to be able to run the football, control the clock. It's cool to have the speed guys on the outside, and that's great. But the the power should come first, then speed. If it's just speed then power, if it's speed first then power, you're not going to have the success. But if you're able to run the football first and then get those guys on the outside, as we've seen them do in these five months that they have, then that's the formula for success. And I think they're. I still think they're going to win the division. I think they're. I think they beat Buffalo in that in the next game uh, when they match up again to, to really lock in and, and lock in that division. But home field advantage, not happen. You know, throughout, not happen. Not happen unless you have a completely disaster. You know, with, with Kansas City, and you have to go on the road. You go on the road against KC. Two is going to have to make. Superman type plays in that game on third down. He's gonna have to make those type of plays. He just has to, um, and he's gonna have to be available. He's been available these first seven weeks, going into eight weeks. That's great. Uh, but we need to see that for the entirety of the season. And his, his record as a starter these last two years are really good. Like, I mean, like they're 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 a really good team. But oh, yeah. when they go up against these teams that are, that have the same type of talent as them. Tua has to be Tua has to be that guy, and, and the thing is, the Philadelphia Eagles they have that guy in Jalen Hurts. I know that the, I know the tail, I know the turnovers have been uh, more than what we've seen last year, and I think he needs to clean that up. He's not 100. percent He kind of talked about that a little bit at the end of the game, uh, but yes, he, he has to cut the turnovers down because you can't give the football back to these other teams with this type of roster. You just can't. You can't. Your team is too good to be giving the football away. So I think I think he knows that. Um, AJ Brown. Woo, I, I think I think uh, I know. Last week we said Tyreek Hill is uh, the best 
non-quarterback, most valuable non-quarterback in, in the league. I mean, just look, just look at what the Eagles have been since AJ Brown got there. I mean, you could, it's probably it's right there on the same the same level. I mean, you got hitch. Like it, it's such different reasons too. Obviously, I mean, it's quite obvious. Like it's speed, bro. AJ Brown is a grown ass man. Yeah, exactly. like that He's is a fine. That is a strong human being. Yeah, and, I, and, and you see why he got upset. <laughs> the week one is getting the football because he knows cornerbacks can't guard him. They don't want to tackle him. He's physical at the point of attack, and he gets yards after the catch. That like he gets he gets yards after the catch, and uh, you know when Tannehill was throwing those ducks out in Tennessee, <laughs> you know really <laughs> he didn't really get to see his his talent you know completely be unlocked. Now with a you know a really, with an excellent quarterback in Jalen Hurts, you're seeing everything in its totality. 125 a game. I mean, all he has to do now is just get the touchdowns. He gets the touchdowns up. I mean, he's already to me, he's, him and Tyreek are the, the two all-pro wide receivers. Oh yeah, but absolutely. He, now we're starting. You get those touchdowns. I think he has what? I think he had like four touchdowns on the on the year. So yeah, I, I, I think I think um, he's going to be. He, to me, he's the he's the second. I mean. Is one A and one B right now with Jefferson being out? I think it's him and Tyreek as the two best receivers in uh, in the in the world, bro. I mean, this guy. I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, I mean, Jamar's coming off a bye, so every time, every time he gets that, uh, every time it's just the football, bro. It's just great things happen. Great things happen. Whether it's a a comeback slant, he, <laughs> he's a monster. That's a big man. Yeah, yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. So great win by Philadelphia after uh, a tough loss to to the Jets the week prior. The final game of the week, another disappointment from the 49ers as they took on the Vikings. Vikings get a 22-17 victory here. Um, hey, listen, didn't see it come, especially after Kirk throws the interception where uh, Ward kind of just, you know, reminded me of, of when uh, Julio Jones just Bodied Malcolm Butler in the end zone, and he just took it right out of his hand. That 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 first Ward interception kind of reminded me of that one, where it was like, "Listen, little buddy, I'll take that one." Uh, and you know, the 49ers just seemed off. They couldn't really get things going in, on offense. Uh, defense gave up some non 49er plays. Like you know, they it's funny they were talking about it. Of course, you know, you go to that good old uh, announcer jinx. Where, you know, they hadn't, they were super good on like third and 15 plus. And of course, it was like third and 16. They give that up to Hawkinson. They were giving up, you know, plays down the, they had like a 19% completion percentage on passes 20 plus yards down the field. They give up like four of them. Like they, it was 49ers just, you know, the defense was not there. They couldn't get any pressure on Cousins, which, you know, obviously for the defensive line that they have was very surprising. And hey, shout out Kirk, played a good game. Uh, I mean, then again, probably should have thrown two interceptions because Ward should have had another one, but it kind of escaped his hands. And Jordan Addison did the opposite thing and said, I'll be taking that one. You got one, I'll get one. Addison with two touchdowns in this game, kind of his uh, his breakout. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson had a, had a huge game as well. I believe he had 10-plus catches or something of that nature. Uh, so a good win by the Vikings. And, hey, listen, a couple weeks – this is why the NFL is a crazy place. Couple weeks ago, Viking season is over. Trade everybody or start fresh. They are uh, one game away from being 500 and 500 in the NFC. That'll get you into the playoffs, probably. So, 
listen, you know, as, and, and I mean, for the 49ers, you know, you don't have Trent Williams in this game. You don't have Debo. Maybe that changes some things up. Hey, everybody's dealing with injury, so I can't really, you know, be the one to sit there and feel bad for you. I mean, the Vikings are doing that without Justin Jefferson. So, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody's dealing with injuries. Um, I, you know, I saw the, you know, Brock Purdy's in custom protocol now. You know, there's now there's clips coming out of him, you know, QB sneaking and getting drilled in the head by, you know, somebody launching themselves in. So, you know, he didn't play very well in the second half of the game. Is that a partial reason why? And they, they never caught it, something of that nature. I'm not a doctor. I wasn't there. I don't know. But he's in concussion protocol. It's kind of up in the air right now if he's going to be able to play against the Bengals. If not, Sam Darnold's going to play. But a little two-game losing streak here for the 49ers. And, you know, hey, they got to be careful too because the Eagles are 6-1. and one. You expect those two teams to be at the top, home field advantage. Obviously, the 49ers had to go to Philly last year. I'm sure they don't want to do it again. Um, so they got some things to get straightened out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I like Brock Purdy. He's a good quarterback, but and he still hasn't even had a full full season of starting games yet. I think I think this game was his 17th start. Oh, it was okay in the regular season. Yes, I believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, actually, it might be. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. They were ten and zero last year, or something like that. Um, and they came in. Yeah. So when everything's not perfect, the same thing I just said with two ten of It's the same exact thing, bro. It's like when everything is not perfect, can you make those plays? And he had two opportunities to do that, and they were unsuccessful. I mean, last last week he had an opportunity to do that as well with those guys being out, and. He wasn't able to do it. Two interceptions, interception late in the game that pretty much sealed it for for the Vikings. It's a good win for the Vikings. I'm not. I mean, it's it's a good win. I mean, it's you get a golf clap for me because, um, it's just okay. You got a good Monday Night Football game. Kirk had a you know his best prime time game in his career. Cool. Cool. You know what are you gonna do in the playoffs? Like, that's that's really. You, like they should, truthfully, like they should be battling with the Lions, and, and maybe we do see this down there, like with these next few as as the season. I mean, as the weeks go on, maybe they do battle with Detroit for this top spot. But like it should be neck and neck right now, and I think they're two games out, and yeah. you can't you can't put yourself in this type of hole that they that they put themselves in. I know they bounced back with two with two wins in a row, uh, but they have to play they have to play better. So this is a good win. Jordan Addison went crazy. Three, I mean, three touchdowns, two, two touchdowns. I want to say it was two, and he almost had a third. But I can let me let me confirm. <laughs> Stepping up in uh, in and Jefferson's absence was just all world, man. He had an excellent game on Monday Night Football. Stage watching against a really good team, uh, and and for I'm not completely out on San Fran. I still think they're a great team, but. These are the type of wins you should be getting when you when you when you don't have a guy or two, they should still be able to get wins. That goes to show how great you of a team you are. Uh, when you're missing two touchdowns, two touchdowns. Okay, he had uh, seven for one twenty-three, two tuds. Yeah, he, he went crazy. He went crazy. When you're, when you're missing guys, a guy you're missing a certain player, you, you, Brock Purdy has to be that guy. He didn't play terrible, but those two picks, those two picks were loud. In the fourth quarter. Out. In the fourth quarter. So. 
But that's that's the money quarter, and you have, you have to be successful during that time. Okay. Outside of the interception that Kirk had in the first quarter, he played great. He played great, so I'm gonna give him his credit. But I I just need to see more. I need to see them in the playoffs, bro. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not that impressed uh, from what I saw from the Bay. It was a good win against a really good team, but let's see if they can string along some dubs, get to the playoffs, and, and play solid because the talent is there. The talent is there from what they got on the outside. So Jefferson is coming back, so. A really good win in front of that home crowd. And uh, for San Fran, we'll see what happens. We just have Purdy with the concussion. Darnold coming in. You know, this this is uh, – I think they see Philadelphia. I think they play a yeah. couple of the good teams down the road as well. So, um, this this is uh, this is going to be really interesting to see what, how they play going forward. Well, listen, everybody. Usually we go right into our week eight predictions, but – you know, a little something here, you know. We're going to do our uh, top five teams of the week. All right. Now, this was uh, surprising to me. So, CJ, I'm letting you go first. And uh, I'm not going to copy you, but I, I need some time to think here. <laughs> Although I technically have had an hour and 40 minutes to think of it. But, you know, I'm a procrastinator. So, number five, I was contemplating between the Lions and the Dolphins. But I'm gonna still go Miami. I'm gonna still put, I'm gonna still put Miami at five. Um, I know they took the loss to a really good Philadelphia team, um, but and they they, they took they taking some losses. But I still feel like they're they're that good. They're still that good. Um, their record is still is still great. And I think the Lions are just right out of my top five. Just just the loss that they had was just too was too bad for me to put them in the, the top five. Maybe. Number four, I got San Francisco. Two games skid. Um, I think they do bounce back and get you know get some dubs going forward, but uh, they got to get they got to get back on the right track. Purdy has to play, start playing well, um, because both of those games were there for the taking. I know they missed the field goal against the Browns, but still, you're going up against P.J. Walker, um, at cool. quarterback. You have to outplay him, and 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 even with Kirk Cousins having a, a great of a game as he had, you had an opportunity to go down, go down and, and score and win this game in Minnesota. So they need to bounce back and, and, and get a and get a win soon, soon. Number three, I got the Baltimore Ravens. They're, they're just playing at a high level right now. Definitely one of the best, most impressive wins of the season for any team. Uh, last week against Detroit, a really good team. And Lamar Jackson is definitely right there for the MVP candidate. And the, just the way he's playing, the way the offense is clicking on all cylinders, they just have to stay consistent. Be efficient and consistent. If they're able to do that, uh, I think they probably have the best chance to uh, to go up against Kansas City down the road in the playoffs. Number two, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, great bounce back win against the Dolphins at home after losing to the Jets. Turnovers still is a, is a thing with uh, with Hurts. I think he has like 11, 10 or 11 turnovers right now. Uh, he has to clean that up. But again, I like what I've seen from A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Dot Goddard, I really got it going. You know about that front seven, how dominant it is, and their back end. It's a great defense. Bringing in Bayard, they're going to continue to be a top three team for the rest of the season. And number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Six-game six winning streak. Patrick Mahomes had the best game, his, uh, best game of the season. Kelsey also had the best game of the season as well. They, they're just head and shoulders above any other team in the AFC right now. And it's just going to be tough to stop them. Uh, just, they're just clicking on all cylinders. They don't have... They don't believe in Super Bowl hangovers and things of that nature. Uh, 
and they're, they're just they're just on another level, man. So uh, they're the best team um, going into week eight in my top five. Mine's a similar but a little different here. I'm uh, I'm gonna leave the Dolphins out, and I'm gonna just slide the lines right on in there. I know that it was kind of uh, you know on that same little bit path of, of you. I'll put the lines there. You know, I know obviously they took a big L to the Ravens, but I just like the, I, I like, honestly, I like, I don't know if I like the roster more, but I think I like the, you know, the strength, the strength of schedule more. You know, I went into, into it before of who the Dolphins have truly beaten, you know, who they've lost to. Um, I think the Lions, you know, obviously they get, they get beat up, but they've been a, a consistent team. I agree with you with the 49ers at four crazy because uh you asked me two weeks ago they were won by a mile <laughs> but things constant change in the nfl uh three i'll go with the ravens like you did as well i mean hell you just put you know the lions who run a four game win streak they looked unbelievable and you just absolutely destroyed them ran them over backed up ran them over again um number two i'm gonna go with the chiefs see Unbelievable, obviously. Uh, the offense this week was definitely more of what I was expecting. Uh, defense hasn't given up, I believe it is, 21 points in the game so far. I hope it's true because I've been saying it quite often. Uh, so the defense has been playing well. We all know what Mahomes and Kelsey are. They had Rice step up. If he can you know, continue to do that, that'll be unbelievable for their team. And I'm just going to go with the Eagles with one because I just think that out of – you know, probably still outside of San Francisco, though. They probably have the best roster. I mean, they have the best offensive line in football. To me, it's not even close. They have the best defensive line in football to me. I mean, it's right there with the 49ers and, and you know, some other teams you can throw up there. But, I mean, you start naming people off that D. And, I mean, you look at the secondary, too, with Slay and Bradbury. Then you're going to add Byard and you have Carter and you have, you know, uh, Reddick. And, listen, you can sit there and name everybody. And then, like we said, outside of Tyreek Hill, it's probably AJ Brown as as you know as the All Pro. So I don't know if I mean the, the, obviously he's better than anybody on the Chiefs on the offensive side. But outside of Travis Kelsey, you know that's and also it's a different position. Can't really compare it in a certain way. Uh, although Kelsey does play like a wide receiver, uh, hurts the, with the turnover issues does scare me a little bit, uh, but. I think that's something that can be get that can get cleaned up, and then honestly, it sounds weird, but the brotherly shove is such an advantage that it puts them in a spot nobody else can really be in. Because, like Sirianni said, it's first and nine all the time, and we even saw it in this game they went for it on fourth and one at like their own twenty-five. And listen, I just yell at Brandon Staley for it all the time, but he can't do the brotherly shove. Because you got Hertz who's you know squatting six hundred, Kelsey's a future Hall of Famer. Lane Johnson's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I mean, the, the offensive line is just so much better, and I love that they brought in Swift. So I would just have the Eagles one because I think, although the Chiefs, you know, on that six game winning streak, I still think that the Eagles roster is better than the Chiefs in key positions as well. Chiefs tackles are kind of, you know, iffy at best. Uh, you know, up the middle, they're they're pretty solid, but the tackles, you know, struggle a little bit. And then outside of Travis Kelsey, you obviously don't have that, you know, dominant force where Eagles can go with A.J. Brown. You know, the run game is unbelievable. And 
So that that would be my list. I got the I got the Lions, I got the 49ers, the Ravens, Chiefs, and then the Eagles. So all right, all right. Uh, so you know it's that time. When we predictions. We get to the prediction. Yes, sir. CJ, take us home, kid. I got you. What a beautiful logo. <laughs> Thursday night football. Buccaneers versus the Bills. I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, I, I Bills need this. Need this. <laughs> For sure. Which no CJ, doubt. by the way, before we continue, one thing real quick that annoys me at the NFL too. Six buys last week. You know how many are, you know how many there are this week, CJ? I think one or two. Zero. Oh, zero. <laughs> what, what, what do we do? Yeah, the schedule is yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, it's different. But uh, we got uh, rookie quarterbacks battling. C.J. Straw versus Bryce Young. I'm going to go with the Texans on the road. I'm going to agree with you there. Rams versus the Cowboys. Uh, Rams hey. coming off a tough L to the Steelers. Cowboys had a nice bounce back win against the Chargers on Monday Night Football before their bye week. Man, I'm gonna go Dallas. I'm gonna go Dallas. I think I think they get a, a couple turnovers on uh, on Stafford. It's gonna be a close game. Really good game though. I'll take the Rams just to disagree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously with Diggs being out, secondary hurt a little bit. You got to go up against Naku and Cooper. Yeah, tough life. It's gonna be a tough life for sure. Vikings and the Packers, NFC North showdown. I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Let's keep it up. Yeah, I got uh, the Vikings getting back to 500 here. Saints and the Colts. I'm going to go with New Orleans. I'm going to go with New Orleans. I, I'm going with them as well, but not with any confidence. <laughs> Patriots and the Dolphins. You know, I want to go with my squad, but just the way they've been playing in Miami over these last few years, it's going to be a tough game. Miami coming off of L. I see. I still need to see a little bit more from this New England team. I'm going to go with Miami. I don't want to go for my squad here because I'm still hoping for that number one overall pick. <laughs> still there. I'm still there. The Bears got the dub. I'm a terrible uh, fan, CJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Battle of New York slash New Jersey. Jets versus the Giants. I'm going to go with the Jets. Yeah, give me the Jets in this one. Better defense and uh, both offenses are kind of putrid. So take the under. Whatever the under is, it's not low enough. <laughs> Thanks. You got the Jaguars and the Steelers. Again, this is one of those games where you think the Jags can win. You know, Pittsburgh's defense dominates the uh, Jacksonville's offense. And uh, I'm going to go with Jacksonville, though. I think they've been playing really well. they got some time to rest a little bit. Um, it's going to be a close game. I'm, I'm going to take Jacksonville. I think I got, too long I makes got, no plays and pick it. I got the Jags as well here. You know, I'll keep that win streak alive. Got the Falcons and the Titans. Another, you know, battle of the mid. <laughs> battle Did of the mid. Did you see what's going on with the Titans right now? Yeah, yeah Will Levis is going to be the starter um, for this game with Tannehill being out. No, no, no not, not just not, not that. That uh, Malik Willis is going to play too. Yeah, yeah, they're doing Yeah, they're, they're going to combine like, it. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Well, I mean, it's just lack of trust from both guys. So it's kind of just a fill out process. What, but, college? Uh, it seems like it. It seems like it. But with that being said, I'm going with Atlanta. 
Yeah, I mean, with well, listen, they always say if you got more than one quarterback, you don't have any. <laughs> exactly. Eagles versus the Commanders. They had a really good game a few weeks ago, winning their overtime. Commanders just their offensive line is terrible, man. I think she's gonna oh. get the same how I'm going with Philadelphia seven and one. I got the Eagles as well. Browns versus the Seahawks. I don't know the Sean Watson status he is not today. He's not gonna play. So I'm gonna go with Seattle in this game. I just think uh I think it's gonna be a defensive battle for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I know the Browns defense they're gonna get the get to uh Geno Smith, but I think Seahawks defense is gonna get to PJ Walker as well. So I'm gonna go with Seattle on that one field. I'll go with Seattle. That 12th man going to throw P.J. Walker's uh, vibe right off. Baltimore Ravens <laughs> versus the Arizona Cardinals. E. Moore. Uh, I, I got to go with the Ravens, man. They just had a great win. Uh, Cardinals, they're just not it. Give me the Ravens in the Battle of the Birds. AFC West showdown. They seemed to saw each other a week ago. A week ago. Chiefs in the, in, the, uh, in the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Chiefs to go on a seven-game win streak. I absolutely agree with you there. Bengals and the 49ers uh, a couple weeks ago. This looked like a really good game on paper. I don't know if Debo's going to play. I'm, I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this game. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati, too. You don't know about Debo, don't know about Trent Williams. Now we don't know about Brock Purdy. Facts, yeah. The Sam Darnold's going to be out there. I'm going with the Bengals as well. I, I agree. Bears versus the Chargers. Uh, you know, again, this just looks like a game that the Chargers can win, but you just never know. I'm just, I'm gonna go with the Bears. I have no, I don't, I don't believe in the Chargers. Um, so wow. I, I think, I think, uh, I think their rookie quarterbacks gonna come in and make, make some more plays, and they're gonna run the football all, all over the Chargers. The I, I'm going, I'm going with the Chargers because if you lose this one, I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, we're already saying that. <laughs> and then uh, Monday, Monday night, <laughs> Monday night football, Raiders versus the Lions. I think the Lions get back track against a uh, very average Raiders team. Yeah, give me the Lions here. Revenge game. Well, not revenge, but like bounce back. And uh, I think they're. I think this is a 15-plus point win. I agree, especially on that own field. Absolutely. Well, listen up, everybody. That is uh, the end. I appreciate everybody for stopping by. As you can see on the screen, Anthony Conover underscore on Twitter. Make sure you follow the hard count on Twitter as well at the hard count underscore make sure you like subscribe turn on the notifications do everything you can to support the channel you know we're uh, working our way up because uh this is what we love to do all right so why don't you support somebody's dream cj what do you got going on yes sir um cj versus the world gaming page on youtube um subscribe to me on on x at c james nine underscore the hard count underscore mnc hoops <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, just just, just log out for me on these, these other platforms, man. Um, if you're an NBA fan, subscribe to MMC Hoops, man. We're doing X Spaces. Try to do X Spaces at least a couple times a week covering these games. I think it's going to be one of the best seasons. And how my Thunder looking this year? Oh, man, they look great. They look great. Uh, they, they look great. Chet, Chet, I think Chet is the missing piece, and uh, they just got to get these wins. The West is stacked, so. They got to be able to win those close games. But, are we talking uh, playing, or are we avoiding that? I think they could get. I think they could get in the playoffs from the playing. <sighs> they could get in the playoff from the playing, but um, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked that they're you know six. They're, they're getting that top six. I I'm hoping. I'm hoping we stay out of the playing, but but they're still a young squad. They're still a young squad, so uh, we got to see. And again, like I said, the West is so low. But yeah, look out for me there as well um, uh, on MSC Hoops. Working on my Facebook page for. Uh, 
Patriots page, Forever Patriots. Um, got some good, got some good interactions on that. So if you're on Facebook, man, uh, drop a follow on that. Uh, got like almost 100 followers on um, oh, Facebook. Yeah. Page, so uh, look out for that as well. Thank you guys. With all that being said, I appreciate everybody for tuning in and uh, listen. Catch you on the next one, all right? So catch you guys next week. <laughs>